0: Hello and welcome to Weekend Rental podcast episode number 5. I am Ryan and with me today we've got Andy.
1: Hey.
0: And Justin. Hello. Guys, how has everyone been doing?
1: Pretty good. Not much going on. Uh, I went to another county fair and I think if you go to the third one, that probably makes me a carny, right?
0: Or just a county fair enthusiast, I guess.
1: But that's the same thing, right?
0: Well, that's a good point. Is that maybe that maybe we should reclassify them? They're not carnies anymore. They're just enthusiasts.
1: Right. Still right below human beings,
2: but (laughs) you need to quit taking care of your teeth now, though. Yeah, there you go.
0: And grow a sweet, sweet mullet.
2: Oh, yeah. Huh.
0: You can bring it back. It's all right.
1: I might have to quit my job.
0: That's true. I mean, you're going to be living life on the road, checking out all the fares. Can't have a job getting in the way of that.
2: Right. How about you guys? I guess, pretty much for me, I've just been playing video games. Um, Well, Madden came out, so I was playing that, I guess, but other than that, not doing much.
0: Yeah. Been pretty quiet for me, too. I, uh, my in-laws are moving. They live about an hour away. So we went and helped them move last weekend or pack some stuff up. And my car broke down, leaving their house. Uh, this is the second time that I've had a car, like, break down just outside of their house, because I'm really lucky with cars. So, uh, Yeah, that was fun. you finally
1: get it fixed?
0: Uh, yeah. Yep, it was an ignition thing, but we had to, like, leave our car out of town. Really stupid. It wouldn't even shift out of park. It was just an ordeal. So it took them, like, four days to fix it, I think, and, like, twice what they estimated the cost to be, which is always great. But...
2: You know, the same thing as it was before too or? yeah
0: yeah exact same thing yep it's always the ignition because you know you should have to replace ignitions in a vehicle every year I mean that's a normal part I think to replace every 12 months
1: right it's kind of like passwords change your password often it's like change your keys often right
0: yeah my vehicle is more secure now I mean that's just yep. the truth of it it's it's the only way to you know protect your vehicle I believe so <laughs> <laughs> other than that I guess Justin and I. God, was this a little over a week ago now, I suppose? We went down to uh, the Minneapolis area to catch Blink-182 live. That would have been two weeks ago. Two weeks ago? Yeah. Today, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It was pretty fun. Rained all the way down there, cleared up just in time for the show, started pouring right after the show, so, yeah.
1: But they made it all the way through without any... They did,
0: yeah. They didn't do, like, a whole lot of chit-chat, which maybe is just normal for their shows. I don't think so, though, based on what I've seen. I've never seen them live before, but... They got through the whole set list.
2: I felt like it was kind of rushed, but I'm guessing it's because they knew weather was bad and wanted to get through it all.
0: Yeah, like, well, and was kind of a bummer for me because, like, I like their first three albums, like p- prior to Enema of the State, and they played none of that stuff, which makes sense because if you know your audience is like average age of 18, you might want to play the albums when they were alive. But kind of a bummer for me.
1: Yeah, so was it kind of like Enema and above, and then like their new stuff? That's pretty yeah, much.
0: Yeah, it. it was. They played one song off of Dude Ranch, and that was "Damn It," and everything else was Enema or newer. A lot of uh, the self-titled, actually, which is probably the album I like the least, yeah, but sure. it was still good. And then you know we got lucky. Justin and I were standing; we got pretty close into the crowd because I was like, you know what, screw it. We drove a long way. We we're just gonna get up there and get a good show. Um, and then you know, for the first, I would, I what would, you say Justin, like half an hour. We had those two guys behind us, maybe forty yeah. minutes. And they were just, like, the concert assholes who, like, think they need to scream every lyric as loud as they can. So, like, I heard none of the actual vocals from the band for the first half of the show. Because I I'd to listen to these, like, auto-tuned kids screeching it behind me. It was super great.
1: Huh. You guys just had, have, like, GA tickets?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> it was kind of, like, standing room only. There You could bring lawn chairs because it was an outdoor amphitheater. But the lawn chair section was so far back. I mean, it would have been... I guess it, it would have been an option, but if you wanted to get a good view, you kind of had to stand. Anyway. Sitting
2: by all the porta potties.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. You would <laughs> hang over the porta potties if you wear the chair. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. That's about it. I, I think that was the last exciting thing I did, and that was two weeks ago, I, I guess. So I'm pretty boring.
2: It's pretty fun, though.
0: Would, would you recommend it again?
2: Yeah, I would. But. <sighs>
0: I think it, like, I liked it a lot. I just, I wish I could have seen Blink-182 back when I was really into Blink-182, so I could have seen, like, that era, uh, but it was still, I'm still glad I went, I'm, you know, better 34 than never, you know?
2: I think if they had a better uh, opening band, it would be a lot easier to say that, Yes, but that's...
0: Oh, their opening band. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, opening... No, they're from Australia. It was, like, a gayer version of U2. Um, they were called Atlas Genius, which I named, renamed like what, like at Lost Penis or something because they were they were just awful, they were the worst band. And every in between every song, like how you doing, Minneapolis? I'm like yeah, we get it. Like <laughs> thanks. <laughs> but the best part, I think my favorite memory probably of the whole concert was he's like, hands up if you've been to Australia, and I'm I i do not know why I'm giving him like a weird accent. I mean it was an Australian accent. It's uh, <laughs> pretty but, accurate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like five people raised their hand, and he's like, oh. That's awesome! You should come to Australia, visit. It helps the economy. I'm like, really? Like, it helps the economy? Is this a rock concert or like, are you being paid by the travel board of Australia to pitch this? I don't know. I mean, I maybe they're big outside of the U.S., but I thought they were pretty awful, and it was it was not it wasn't the best fit for Blink One Eighty Two. They probably couldn't have been further from that band didn't sound but
1: yeah that sounds like a really weird pair
0: uh-huh. maybe it just worked out that they didn't have anybody else in the area and these guys were passing through so because i think it was just kind of like a one-stop thing for them on the tour i don't think they were opening anywhere else that i was aware but of
2: they're in uh Lollapalooza at the same time because when we looked it up when i got back to the hotel there they were there like the same day that blink was or whatever
0: oh that could have been so they just followed uh, him over. Yeah. Uh, so then, I guess I, uh, <clears throat> Andy, I, I'm kind of overlooking this and forgetting it. Um, but we did uh, a guest appearance last week on another podcast.
1: Yeah, guys, games and beer.
0: Yeah, which was pretty fun. Justin, unfortunately, you weren't able to make it, but you, you were in the chat. I did see you.
2: I was in the Facebook chat.
0: Yep. So that was that was fun. We all love those guys. Uh, great group of guys. We see them at MGC. Um, listen to the podcast. I, for some, like I had a, I don't know. I was so absurdly nervous for that. I don't know why. I just like was super anxious and I felt like everything I was saying was horrible. And, um, I'm like, I'm ruining their podcast in my head. And then I listened to it afterwards. I was like, Oh, that was like totally fine. But I felt like such a dick when we were doing it. But yeah, it was a, it was a totally good podcast for them. Well, I'm not going <laughs> to brag us up for them, but I thought it turned out fairly well. Yep. They're probably like those bitches. <laughs> no i think it turned out pretty well yeah that was that was a, a nice guest spot we'll have to have those guys on the podcast at some point if we ever get to where we can do that reasonably sure. well i'm always worried that like our crappy like rinky dink internet will crap out if we try and bring someone in but
1: yeah don't know until we try
0: it's true so what's you guys playing or watching
2: i guess i'm just watching parks and rick um me and my wife trying to get through the last couple seasons and be done with it. That, so
1: that's right about the spot that i kind of dropped off of it i don't know what it is like parks and rec and office and everything i've was like a diehard fan and then like the last two seasons i just
2: didn't watch them i don't know why it gets to be kind of the same thing over and over again i think is a lot of the issue um i i'm still enjoying parks and rec the office as soon as michael left i i didn't care yeah, like a... anymore It was like they were trying too hard to be funny when it wasn't.
0: Yeah. We started watching The Ranch, which I guess is like a Netflix original. It's got Ashton Kutcher and I don't even know the other actor, Hyde, from that 70s show. I don't know what his real name is.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure either.
0: I don't know, but that's pretty okay. It's like a weird show, though, because it's almost like they made an early 90s sitcom but because it's on Netflix, they just swear and talk about sex a lot, and it's fine. Like, I think fuck is said more in that show than on, like, Jackass. But yeah. it's a pretty funny show. And it's got, like, the laugh track behind it, which is kind of weird. Like, you don't see that anymore. Well, and, like, the, the parents in that show, because, like, they're adults, you know, helping their dad on the ranch. But, like, the mom and the dad and characters in the show were like, divorced, but they still sleep together. So, like, they have all these, like, sex conversations with their mom. I'm just like, that's horrible. Like, who would have this discussion <laughs> at breakfast with their mother? It's so bad. Wow. But it's something to watch. I wouldn't say it's, like, my favorite show, but I I don't know. It's it the, the, the humor's aimed at, like, just that right kind of stupid that hits me just fine. Like, you don't have to think about it. You just laugh. Like, he punched a guy in the nuts. That's hilarious. He punched him back. That's even funnier. That sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. But I've played nothing. Um, it's been like two weeks, I think, since I've played a game. I don't know. I've just been kind of on a weird kick and doing other stuff. And I mean, as much as I was into Crossout the last time we talked, I have not fired that up since. I kind of. I just immediately became cold on that game. Sure. Really weird.
1: Right when I downloaded it. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't tried it
2: yet. <laughs> My uh, little brother's been playing it quite a bit, too. Enjoying some of the raids, so I was thinking I should play it again, but with Madden out, it's tough to switch games, you know.
0: Yeah, you know they make a Madden every year, right? And it really doesn't change other than the roster. They do. Yeah. Wow. I think I don't know. I might be wrong on that. I think it's no, they year. they
1: haven't made one in a long time because I haven't. The last one they made was the one with Dante Culpepper on the
2: front cover.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, right. I remember that for the Dreamcast, right? Yep.
2: oh come on you gotta give it a try
0: (laughs) yeah I don't know
1: well I've been playing Sonic well I actually beat Sonic Mania now but uh, that is a joy
0: I hear good things is it really that much better than Uh, the original Sonics
1: I wouldn't say it's that much better but it it is those Sonics that's why it is so great right because they actually are Sonic they kind of did something really cool where it's if you go back to those old ones, after playing Sonic Mania, you're going to be able to tell that, oh, they uh, it doesn't look as good, it doesn't feel as good. Um, but Sonic Mania is able to just make it seem like you're playing those old ones, I guess. It's, it kind of has the same feel to it, but a lot of modern touches to it as well. Plus, the, I mean, the boss fights in that game and the references and just anything for a Sonic fan is, is pretty cool. I mean, if there's one thing that, you know, I could latch my whole identity to, it's Sonic the Hedgehog. So, I mean, that's what we everybody knows about do love Sonic.
0: Me. As soon as I met you, you wouldn't shut up about Sonic the Hedgehog. I had to, like, fight to get a word in edgewise. It was ridiculous.
1: Right, yeah. I just bring the topic right back around to Sonic and his friends. More importantly, his friends. But...
0: Like Big the Cat? yeah The yep. best friend of them all?
1: Yep. I've... I kept, like... I played this game with one eye, and my other eye was to search the whole background for Big the Cat. Could not find him. I'm really disappointed. Or at least his
0: frog, so you can help him out, point him in the right direction. <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> on the bosses, I heard, and this might not be accurate, but I heard that one of the bosses is actually Mean Bean Machine. Like, you fight Mean Bean Machine?
1: Yep. Like, in that's a boss a, battle? Yeah, a couple bosses in, you go right into a uh, battle with Robotnik, uh, playing... Mean Bean machine, it's really so you're easy. actually playing like, the game, yep. Nice. Yeah, you're playing the game, but I don't know if you could actually lose, like, you would have to really try hard not to lose that one. So, I think it was just, just like,
0: more for the reference than anything,
1: right? Because a lot of people would get there and be like, What am I supposed to do? You know, and there, there's some really obscure ones. Uh, when once you get farther in the game, there's a couple bosses that are, um, I don't actually know their names. But they were characters in Sonic the Fighters, the Sega Saturn Sonic fighting oh, yeah. game. Yep, uh, and they never appeared anywhere else other than that. I, I guess they were in Shenmue, maybe as like a
0: oh the keychains, a little trinket toys. Or whatever. Yep,
1: yep. I think they were in there as well. But yeah, they're in in this game as one of the bosses, kind of. So that was kind of that's cool. awesome.
0: And I heard it's quite a bit longer than your average, like retro Sonic, right? Or at least a fair bit.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's. Uh... <laughs> It's Quite a bit harder, too, at least for me. Um, I don't know if I've just lost those skills over the years, but uh, three lives is not enough because you have to go through both acts to uh, kind of move your checkpoint over to the next zone. Gotcha. Um, I have not gotten all the Chaos Emeralds, which is maybe, I guess, the real ending of the game. I think there's a level that you get if you get all the Can Chaos Emeralds. You
0: call Emeralds. yourself a Sonic fan, yeah, Come I know. You, you know like, I'm a I'm Sonic fan, I'm not a
1: know, Super yeah. Sonic fan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well that's cool i i want to check that game out
1: yeah it's it is really cool i mean i i definitely am not one of those people that say oh sonic was always a bad game or anything like that they they definitely were good games there's those old sonic games were kind of separated the green hill zone and all that is not actually what the game is past that um but this kind of balances it quite a bit where it's like a lot of you wouldn't believe how much you're traversing um these levels you're probably going left as much as you are going right which is so they've got like unique. actual
0: platforming in it instead of just run fast
1: right exactly
0: yep that's cool that's what i always liked i think that's like where it kind of broke off um after the first sonic because the sonic first sonic was i mean you had the speed there's also a lot of real great platforming and after two and on i just felt like so much of it was like, how fast can we make this run on screen? That you lost a little bit of um, what made the first one so great.
1: Yeah, especially the first few zones of each of those games were very much like run as fast as you can, right? Yep. And then they then they put in the water stuff that to immediately slow you down. And <laughs> those parts, like there was such a drop between like run as fast as you can and now like oh you're gonna die because you can't swim, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It was <laughs> kind of those weird water philosophy, yeah. right? Yeah, other than that, not too much. But Sonic Mania, I'm, I'm going to keep picking up and playing a little bit more. There's so many uh, different routes that you can go on each level, too. So
0: Cool. I'm going to have to pick that up. And you have it on Xbox, you said?
1: I I have the Xbox uh, Collector's Edition, but I actually downloaded it on Switch.
0: Okay, gotcha. Well, that's a good choice. I'd rather have it, you know, with the handheld option.
1: Yep, that's what I figured. Portable.
0: Cool. You guys want to move on to the news? yeah yeah okay well um something that caught my eye something kind of unexpected and interesting was that fear effect is actually being remade so you guys catch this i think it came out yesterday yeah what part caught your eye just the fact that anyone remembered fear effect i think was like wait people remember this game (laughs) so like fear effect is, like, a PS1 game for anyone who didn't know. I think it's, like, one of the 1st cell cel-shaded games. Um, it was it was a 4-disc game. I remember buying it. It was a 4-disc game, and I, I just remember, like, I think it's the first game I ever got carded for it, too, because I was a teenager. They wanted to make sure it was over, like, whatever it was to be able to buy an M-rated game. And, um, I just remember, like, the thing that stuck out with me, it's, it's sort of like a Resident Evil-style game, but... I just remember the content on each disc seemed absurdly short. Like I swear I played it for about two and a half hours before I was switching to disc two. It was really weird. Was there a lot of cutscenes? Um, no, but I think it was just the, from what I've heard, and I don't know if this is accurate, might just be internet BS. It was just the, the fidelity of the background images was so high that it ate up a lot of the memory on the discs, huh. uh, because they were like, uh, like high quality, like, pre-rendered backgrounds oh. but did you guys ever play it at all
2: i never did
1: no i can't say that i did i i've seen it before later on but i i've never never really played it what what type of game is it
0: i mean i i would say you know original resident evil um, one and two that sort of style game <clears throat> puzzles uh the zombies do come into play i think by the second disc you're like you land on this island and there's like a bunch of zombies coming towards you. Uh, I, I don't think I ever beat the first game. I just know in the advertising they really marketed that game um, on the sex appeal factor for the main character. I, I think, like, I could be wrong, but I think she was a lesbian and she had a girlfriend in the second one, the sequel. And, like, I just remember like a lot of the ads were kind of provocative for that. And I, I, I just felt like it was an okay game. I was a big fan of Resident Evil, so that formula kind of worked for me, but. I don't know. It never stood out to me other than the fact that it was four discs. I think I got it for $5 on clearance at Target back in the day and I got carded for it. Like those are my standout <laughs> memories. So, it definitely didn't leave a lasting impression. So that's why I was kind of shocked that it was being remade. Um and I actually kind of want to go back and play it. Uh, I think it'd be I think they're putting out a new one after this, the year following.
1: So, that's kind of what it sounded like. Yeah, they're kind of re- trying to re- reboot the whole IP right. then.
0: Remember this? No. Well, check it out anyway. Yep.
1: Yeah. yeah. I wonder how many, like I've, the same type of thing kind of happened with Phantom Dust, which nobody remembered that game. And then they're like, oh, we remaking it. And then, then, then they were like, oh, we're going to make another one after that. And I don't think I've heard anything about another Phantom du- Dust game since they did that. So
0: yeah, I wonder if true. this is
1: like a test the market type of thing, like a low uh, budget, see if somebody buys it and then go for the next one. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, I feel like Konami's in a weird spot. So it's like, you know, we've got this back catalog. Like, let's see if, you know, because it's not like Konami's had like a lot of success in the last three years with titles. So, yeah, maybe they're just seeing what sticks. And I saw Nintendo um, it announced. So when Splatoon came out, it had a limited edition Nintendo Switch system bundle with um, neon colored Joy-Cons. That were launched alongside the game in Japan. Uh, we weren't getting it, but they just recently announced that this is coming to the U.S. now, exclusively to Walmart, and it's the Splatoon bundle. But it's incredibly odd timing because the game came out a month ago. So anyone who wanted Splatoon and had a Switch already, probably. I mean, I don't know who this is geared at. I mean, maybe this is a good holiday bundle, but it just seems strange to have a, a, a game bundled system so far after the launch of the actual game itself.
1: Yeah, it is kind of weird. I wonder, I mean, obviously, if you don't have a Switch yet, that's probably a pretty good entry point. But, yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody is like, okay, now is the time. Because, I mean, if they wanted Splatoon that badly, they would have already had it, you know? If If they were able to find a Switch, at least, at that point. Did they bundle
2: other games with the Switch, or is this... The first They've never
0: bundled. Yeah, this is the first bundle, and they're doing digital download only, which I know is now commonplace for these system bundles. Uh, but I hate. I, th- I think you should get a physical copy, personally.
1: Right. Well, especially on Nintendo, when it's you know limited, uh, storage space on those. Th-
0: yeah, that's true. Yeah, what is the built-in memory? Like sixteen.
1: It's yeah, yeah, sixteen or thirty-two. Something really small.
0: Something that's like two things the internet Nintendo doesn't understand. The internet. And how big things are for storing. Like, completely over their heads.
1: Right. I mean, you you could get 128 gigs, 500 gigs for, you know, $10. But for $9, you could get the uh,
0: 32 gig. So
2: They really got the voice chat down, though. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, that's true. Maybe they were waiting. That's why this bundle didn't come out in the U.S. They're like, no, we're not going to release it until voice chat is up and running and it's successful and they're like, nope, not happening. I'll shove this thing over to the US. <laughs> uh I I don't have a I don't I don't have a switch yet. Um maybe I'd get this one. i honestly though, like I'm really not into the color Joy-Con. I mean I, I like just the flat gray. If I'm gonna be out in public playing that, I'd rather yep. it look less like a child's toy, personally. But that's just me.
1: Yep. So one thing that I saw the other day was no man's sky has another update which
2: no man's sky if you i don't know have you guys played it
0: i own it have not put it in yet
2: okay i've watched lots of videos on it and i don't think i have any interest in playing it but
1: <laughs> sure i mean they've they've added quite a bit in this update there's like 30 hours more of story so that's kind of interesting because uh playing through it at launch there's not much of a story or not one that you should actually care about?
0: <laughs> well, it's got actual online multiplayer with this update now, too,
1: right? Sort of. Uh, okay. Like, they haven't rendered the other person there. It's just like a spec or something. You, see
0: you You basically see what they build, and like you can see where they've been, but you don't get to actually interact with them.
1: Right. Well, you, there's like a soul, like a little ball of light or something that follows you is around marking that there's another person there, but they don't actually have the, like another character model there, which seems really weird. Like
0: (laughs) why that was the line
1: that we couldn't pull it off. You know, I don't, I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I've heard good things. I heard they cleaned up like a lot of the, uh, inventory management. They just made like, you know, life improvement processes, I guess throughout the game. Um, I kind of have them put it in because I knew they were going to be. Well, I just got the game recently. I, I mean, within the past couple of months, but <clears throat> I've held off on playing it because I was waiting for the major updates to come in because I want my first experience to be the game's the way it probably should have been shipped or at least closer. So, um, I think we're at that point now where it might be worth my time to install it one of these days and check it out, give it a little bit of a playthrough.
1: Yeah, I'd be really interested in seeing like the the person that g- gets to it now for the first time.
0: Yeah. I think they've kind of burned that fan base though and like made such a reput- or poor or reputation for itself with the game that, <clears throat> I mean, it's nice that they're still doing it, but I just wonder if anyone's really picking it back up.
1: Right. I mean, for the, the super fans, it's great. It's just that, you know, if this was a big company running that show, it would have, they would have dropped it like tomorrow, you know, tomorrow if it bombed that hard right out the gate. So it is pretty impressive that they keep putting the time and money into this and i mean i love the game when it first came out i i really did like no man's sky quite a bit there's definitely i could see everybody's criticism but if you take it as a i'm not even going to say game but just just an experience where you just kind of do whatever you want without really worrying about what you need to do or where you need to go it's it's pretty fun
0: yeah i c- i could definitely see that like it seems like the type of game i could just get into and waste a whole lot of time and explore it doesn't have to be super in depth to be you know a good a good time sink
1: yep for sure um another thing that they just announced a few days ago here now age of empires 4 which is out of the blue i mean not quite on the same level as fear effect but i i thought rts's are dead when you got league of legends and dota 2 which are kind of the next level of that type of strategy game it's kind of crazy that they're going back to the well of age of empires but they got some good people building it it's actually relic which is owned by sega now so that's kind of oh, awkward really? that yeah a sega company is actually building a microsoft game now
0: i suppose they don't have a whole lot else going on outside of sonic Media,
1: right like what else are you especially the, this team that you know that's all they did is basically these rts games what else are you gonna have them do? You know, right. At least stick to something with a name that people might buy. I guess.
0: Yeah, I can see it. I mean, I can see that making a good resurgence, though. I mean, there isn't a lot of, there aren't a lot of games where the you know the, I guess fan base or it's not it's such a recognizable um, series, Age of Empires. So, given you know that and just the fact that in that marketplace right now there really isn't a lot of. High-profile games, um, I think that could work.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, who, I'm are they, who are they competing
0: with? Halo Wars Two. I mean, what did three people buy that?
1: Right, Starcraft has kind of gone downhill for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely a game that
2: you know draws a lot of interest. Like, um, I remember back playing, you know, two and three, and then there's other games along that style, like Age of Mythology. I think it was. I played that one the most. <laughs> um, just. The idea of these type of games back again just, I don't know, kind of intrigues me, I guess.
0: Yeah, they're like those are the kind of games that I can just sit down and like I, five hours later, I, it feels like I just started and I just sunk like five hours into it. Yep. <laughs> every time. Like, I just get so burned with those games because, I mean, I love them, but it's two in the morning on like a Tuesday night and I don't even realize it's <laughs> what's happened. So yeah, it, it'll be cool. I'm curious to see how this develops. Is this going to be on um, home consoles, too, or just PC?
1: I think they announced PC for now.
2: Okay. Yeah, I which didn't is... see anything announced for yeah. consoles.
1: And that's probably the right move, even if they are doing console, because then, you you know, if you tell the Age of Empires fan base that you're making a console version, they'll be like, uh, no, thank you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it'll instantly be inferior because, you know, PC elitist.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's... It's kind of crazy how that that style of game was so ubiquitous with everybody like i mean everybody i knew played either starcraft or age of empires age of mythology warcraft yeah warcraft 3 i played a lot of that for sure and then at some point i just i didn't play it anymore and nobody else around me didn't stop playing at the same time it was kind of weird
0: yeah those, those games definitely like had their heyday and then I think it was probably right about that time where we got into like the PS2 and Xbox generation where it's like that's I think that's kind of when arguably like PC gaming had its like hardest run for a few years you know it's obviously started resurging in the last few like five years but there was a while there like in the early 2000s where it almost seemed like the PC gaming market was drying up and you just didn't see a lot of stuff like that coming out. That's
1: true. Yeah.
0: But it's it's the perfect time to bring it back. I mean, Steam is huge. More and more people are going PC. <laughs>
1: you I mean, think Microsoft this is coming Steam, out on Steam?
0: Well <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people have computers to use Steam. Yeah, but, there you go. Yep. Yeah. And you know, Microsoft seems intent on like pointing out the fact that every game you buy with them is also playable on a PC, so
2: yep.
1: why not? Yep, for sure.
2: I do agree that it was about the time for PS2 because like when I quit playing it, I started playing Silcom Two, and I that was like one of the first games I got from my PS2.
1: So yeah, and that makes sense because that was like one of the first games that actually had like depth to a game that you would expect from a PC game that was on a console kind of.
0: Mm-hmm. And then Xbox Live started firing up, and that drew a lot of the like shooter community over. I mean, because that was right about the time that Counter-Strike was still huge, too. I mean, Counter-Strike is still huge, don't get me wrong, but a lot of people who were diehard into that started shifting over to Halos, and and it all kind of started coming home. Yeah, because, like, Halo 2, well, even Halo before Xbox Live was around to support those games, and then SOCOM. Like, I felt like those were all just massive, like, crossover games for people who had largely been PC online gamers.
1: Yep. So limited run games, put out Night Trap physical edition. Uh, It also came digitally to PS4 only, I believe.
0: When you say physical edition like that, I just get like this like weird like pervy like collector's edition of the game. You know, (laughs) given its history, like physical edition comes with feelies, (laughs) lube, and a condom. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, sorry.
1: I mean, it is a disgusting game, right? Like, the content of that game is just disturbing, so...
0: According to the media, yes. So, yep. You know, it's just... It's highly pixelated pornography, and it's just... It should never have existed in the first place. Yeah, Damn you, Night Trap.
1: You know, honestly, the only sin in that game is the uh, the character designs of the enemies. Those are just terrible-looking people.
0: Yeah. Well, I I feel like when they came up with the enemies they're just like, "Well, we have no budget for this, so you want to run down to the 7-11 and buy a bunch of ski masks." Yeah, yep. sure. Yep. <laughs> and aren't they supposed to be vampire henchmen or something too?
1: Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know.
0: I think they're supposed to be like vampires. I, I could be wrong. I don't know. But
1: Huh. Have you guys played Night Trap like a lot of them?
0: Uh, I have never played Night Trap. I've played a bunch of Sewer Shark. Um, some other awful similar games in the 3DO, but not Night Trap itself. Yeah, I haven't I mean, even it's, heard
1: of it. <laughs> it's not a fun game because all it is is you're just changing like security cameras to find certain different things going on at that exact time, and if you miss it, you lose the game. You know, and it, it's just not a fun mechanic at all.
0: <clears throat> all those full motion video games. I mean, it's essentially just a quick time event. Simulator. I mean, really, that's all those boil down to, I feel like.
1: Yep. Yep. So they put this one out on a physical uh, disc for PS4, and uh, it sold out within like a minute. Did you get your copy? I did get my copy. I, it's not to me yet, because Limited Run takes like three months to send you a game, but uh, they still say it's on the way. So I'm kind of looking forward to that, but I don't know.
0: Do you know if does it come in just a standard um, PS4 clamshell, or do they do something like cool and make like the longer box?
1: They did make a special edition with the longer box. I didn't get that one. Um, Yeah, they made kind of like the I don't know if it's like the Sega CD or the 3DO version, kind of long box. But either way, they they made like three different covers that all kind of have the Sega CD um, and the 32X version as well kind of just different artwork on it. Um, So they, I think they saw that and saw like the demand for Night Trap was just like insane that it sold out that quickly that this coming Friday, uh, another big game kind of with an actual name behind it and a series behind it. uh, East origin, which is kind of a long running Falcom RPG is also getting a physical on Vita and PS4. But the difference this time is you can pre-order. They're going to keep it open for 24 hours. Anybody can order it. And after that 24-hour mark, they're just going to shut it down.
0: They're doing the thing that I was, like, arguing with you that they should do?
1: Yeah, they're doing That's that. That's amazing. Yep. I'm excited. Yep. So I, I'm pretty excited that they're actually going ahead and doing that. I wonder if it's actually going to knock down their sales a little bit just because of the people are not going to be there to, like, grab him. Even if they don't want it because they you know, they don't know what the actual print run will be until it's over. Right.
0: Although I feel like Ease is such a following that I'm sure it's gonna sell like gangbusters.
1: Yeah, you'd have to imagine. I mean that's probably the I I I mean Firewatch was probably their biggest game as far as like noteworthy, just because it's kind of fresh in people's minds. Mm-hmm. But from getting an actual like uh, franchise on there on their uh, platform. I think this is probably their biggest one yet.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's great. And while I'm mentioning firewatch, that's the only, well, actually I take that back. I bought one other limited run game that you now have a traded to you, Andy. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cause I didn't like it. Uh, Lost C terrible game in my opinion. Uh, but that was always my problem with limited run was like what limited run had become. Like the idea behind limited run is great. in that these indie titles get a physical release, which I think is an option I'd always like to see as a video game collector. Um, But what it's turned into is just people buying it for the sake of having like these limited games and putting them in their collection, probably never opening them and playing them or just reselling them to make a profit, which, I mean, I guess it was always part of the deal there in the fact that they're limited run games. Um, But I feel like that isn't, it's kind of a disgusting model is what it's turned into. I mean, you go to a lot of these retro game shows and you'll see a $200. Well, that's probably not even an accurate price anymore uh, for DuckTales two or something like that. Sitting next to a limited run game that was released six months ago and is selling for 150. I mean, it's just all over. It's kind of ridiculous. Yep. So the fact that they're doing this with ease, allowing people, I mean, it's still a window, but allowing anyone who wants it to actually get the copy uh, that's huge. I think that's I think that's probably the direction they should go in with all their releases, to be quite honest.
1: Yep. Yeah, I think I think that it'll be interesting to see if this is what they continue doing. That That's what I would say, just because when they say they're limited run, they won't know what the run number is until after that. You know, so you, you, they can't say in any marketing how what their limited run actually is, you know.
0: So do you know, like, in past releases, have they had, like, is there a staple? I mean, do they do 3,000 for the Vita and 4,000 for the PS4? Was it always a set number, or did it vary by title? Do you know?
1: It varied by title. I mean, when they first started out, it was, like, 2,500, 3,000. It was really low. And now, like, uh, kind of, I think Night Trap was 5,000, maybe. And they okay. they're doing, like, collector's editions as well, which I don't think count toward that. So I don't know.
0: Oh well, yeah, I see a lot of soundtracks.
1: Yeah, they've been kind of doing this thing where they make like a big box version. So there's a Wonder Boy one. I think there's a Darius Burst one, which those sell out immediately. I can't even I can't even click my button fast enough for those.
0: Yeah. Wonder Boy, I actually really would have liked to pick up, but obviously missed that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I, I, there's been kind of some other competitors, the limited run, I think. I think the amount of people that have been buying it have dropped a little bit. I mean, their runs aren't selling as fast as they used to.
0: Well, isn't PlayAsia getting in on some of this now?
1: Right. A lot of it it is. Yeah, a lot of it you can just buy right from PlayAsia right now. I believe uh, Yeast right now, you can go buy it right now if you want to. Um, But so, yeah, it's just like if you want an ESRB rating on the front cover or not.
0: (laughs) Totally. Yep. That's right. I'll plunk down $30 for that.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I feel kind of disgusting with myself with uh, buying most of the limited run games. And a lot of times, either I have them digitally already or they're games that I probably would never even plan on playing anyway. So,
0: well, you know, just when you feel ashamed for sinking all the money into that, just remember I've got a bunch of Jaguar games. Oh, that makes me feel so good. No matter how bad your limited run addiction gets, you'll never be as bad as my Jaguar collection.
1: (laughs) They're not putting new ones out, though. You can
0: finish yours. Don't tempt me. I don't need to sink any more money into those awful cartridges. We'll make this quick. My time's dropping fast, people. Boo! Time to upgrade to... Wii U. With Wii U, we can play Super Mario 3D World. Find secrets with the Wii U gamepad. And did we mention togetherness? Just check out the simulation. Whoa. I look good. Look at that.
2: Yeah, I look like I've been upgraded.
0: Bow. Get the gift of family when you upgrade to Wii U for two ninety nine ninety nine.
1: Okay, today's topic is the Wii U. Uh, why it was the greatest Nintendo system... Wait, what?
0: <laughs> no, I think that's a fact. I read it on Wikipedia, read it on Wikipedia somewhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, so the Wii U... Uh, has had a rough life and we're going to talk about it a little bit here Um, I think we'll talk about its greatest failing right off the bat and it was the marketing Uh, I think a lot of people were confused that this was just an addition to the original Wii and not one that was priced enough for people to buy
0: (laughs) yeah well I think this marked like the first time I could be wrong but Historically hadn't every Nintendo home console come in at two ninety nine or under at launch. Um and the Wii U, the deluxe model was the first time that they'd actually crossed the three hundred mark and gotten at the three fifty price range.
2: Yep.
0: I mean, I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that had been their their, their entry level for home right. consoles up until that point.
1: And when a good chunk of your customers think it's just an add on to what they already have, like that sounds extremely exorbitant.
0: Absolutely. As long as you
1: don't uh keep PS VR in your head because that's probably <laughs> even higher now but
0: well and the thing is is like they really felt like they were on something with you know onto something with that wii u brand or the wii branding and the the wii despite how people choose to remember it the numbers are that it crushed the playstation 3 and xbox 360 in that console generation selling over 100 million units um just an overwhelming, unfounded, sort of lucky, in my opinion, success. It um, might
1: be the last one that sells a hundred million, if, yeah, to be honest.
0: Absolutely. And I think a lot of that initial success happened with the casual gaming market and the success of Wii Sports and the advertising campaign behind that. Um so the I I don't have the date in front of me, but I think the Wii launched in two thousand six, isn't that right?
1: Uh that sounds right.
0: Yeah, and I, I feel like the big success and the buzz um, happened within that first three years. And by about 2010, for most of the gaming market and the market in general, that system was dead. Um, you know, there weren't great first party titles coming out. So there's kind of been this huge success of the Wii up front. It was selling and continued to sell through the next few years past 2010, but it was mostly just that garbage that got churned out, uh, the shovelware that the Wii is so so famous for. So by the time you're getting to the launch of the Wii U, which happened in 2012, uh, I think November of 2012, I think even for, you know, hardcore gamers, the Wii had sort of been forgotten for at least two to three years. Um, And it was sort of strange that they relied so heavily on that Wii name with the Wii U and kind of like attached to that uh, it was definitely a poor choice, as we saw.
1: Yeah, I mean, and the the important thing that you were saying, where you know, kind of dropped off on 2010. I mean, kind of after Super Mario Galaxy 2, I would say Nintendo kind of dropped everything that they were doing on the Wii. Yep. And moved over to the Wii U. So it was a good, solid couple of years without really anything, any big Nintendo games on the Wii. And when the Wii U launched, like, I think they had Nintendo Land and New Super Mario Brothers U, which are fine, I guess, but they're not, they're not, they're not what Zelda did to the Switch here now, you know? Absolutely. Well, they're not going to sell.
0: So and like, you know, what's interesting is like, you're right. There wasn't much on the launch um, for the Wii U in, in the way of Nintendo, but it had, like, a very large launch lineup. Uh, mostly, though, Ubisoft games um, or third-party games that were about a year old on other consoles, which would have been the PS3 and the Xbox 360. So, I mean, you had, like, Assassin's Creed and Batman, Arkham Origin, uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 2, Darksiders 2. You know, you've got your Maddens, your NBA 2K, um, Ninja Gaiden 3. I mean, all these games. But, yeah, in the, in the way of, like, must-have games from Nintendo... It just was not there at launch.
1: Yep. And speaking of that, you know, going that third-party route, like keeping that Wii branding, I think of Wii as casual games, you know, Wii Sports. And this was a total pivot to try to get the hardcore gamers. I mean, even Nintendo Land, you can't sit your grandma down and say, okay, let's play Chase Mario because, you know, you got to use sticks and every button on that controller to play that game. And that's not the ease of use of what the Wii was kind of known for.
0: Yeah, and I think like like in you know, Nintendo Land's a weird example too, because it used so many of like the actual Wii motes from the original Wii. I really think that Nintendo believed that because everyone already had a Wii, the fact that this was going to be backwards compatible with all those original Wii motes was just going to be like this huge multiplayer sensation. Everybody's already got it, everybody can use it. Um, but it just further confused that brand for the Wii U and made it um, almost indistinguishable from its predecessor with the casual gaming market.
1: Yep. Yeah. And speaking of uh, Nintendo land, like there's like three or four games in that where, you know, one person is the game pad and everybody else is kind of versus them with Wii, Wii remotes, you know, and those yeah. games are definitely a lot of fun in there. And, you play those games and like, okay, this is what the Wii U brings to the table. And then they never did that again.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was the last time you ever saw it. Um, yeah. The only game, the only, uh, really, the only other experience I've had that I truly felt made a good use case for um, the Wii U gamepad was Zombie U, which I know gets a lot of flack. People are like, well, that was garbage. But, you know, actually, it was a pretty intriguing game. But yeah, outside of that, Nintendo Land. It was like the Wii U gamepad was just a prototype controller almost. That even if you as your hardware developer, as a Nintendo, if you're not utilizing that um, other than off-screen play after your initial three months of a console being out, I mean, who else is going to support that?
1: Right. Some, something went wrong there then, you know, like something in the process of development that you weren't be able to make more games like that. Because like Zombie U is also a launch game as well, you know. So after that, even toward the end there, like they were just, they were not even trying to do anything.
0: Yeah. Well, and they didn't, you know, in marketing and initial lead up to launch, they didn't explain well, like the benefits of what the gamepad was supposed to be able to do. And I don't know. I mean, they, they tried, but they didn't. I mean, I think it basically turned into... This device that you could use to play your console on another screen if your TV was being occupied, but even then it was a complete failure because depending on how your house is set up, you're getting like what they said thirty feet. Like I think that's bullshit. If I can get fifteen feet away from my Wii U and still have the gamepad connected, that's a good day.
1: Yep. Yeah, I, I wonder how many how how often that uh, off the screen thing really took off. Anyway, it's a nice nice feature to put into into an ad, but when it really mm-hmm. comes down to it, how often did people use it? You know.
0: Yeah. Well, and myself, personally, like, I tried to use it quite a bit. Like, I got the Wii U right when we had um, our first child. And, you know, you'd be in the nursery or in another room, and I was like, well, this would be great. I'll, I'll sit up there and put it on mute and play a game while I'm, you know, rocking my daughter to sleep. And, you know, it never happened because I could not leave the direct vicinity of my system to even utilize it. So it was just an interesting idea gone wrong. Like the Wii U in general, I guess it's a good, an interesting idea gone wrong.
1: Yeah, very Sums much up.
0: so. Topic over, done. <laughs> <laughs> mic drop. Yep. <laughs> and speaking of mic drop, actually, this is a good segue. Not that it's in the right place, but uh, with the launch of the Wii U again, they Nintendo stuck to their guns, saying they didn't see uh, the the demand for an online gaming system or online gameplay or voice chat or a centralized system and that was a huge nail in the coffin for them with this system we'd had playstation network we'd had xbox live the majority of the games that were you know third party developed relied on this stuff and they didn't have that in the the wii u at launch i mean there was some games that utilized voice chat but it was immediately bogged down by the friend code um and i mean we got what one turtle beach like headset that came out for the thing uh at launch and it was just the cheapest version you could possibly get it did work but i mean that was it Yep.
1: Yeah, i mean i will give it the miiverse is a really cool idea that they've since killed for yeah i was gonna I, say they no, just murdered it didn't they? yeah yeah uh i like the miiverse quite a bit um there was a couple good ones at the very beginning. If you went into some of the Barbie ones, uh play hubs of there, there was some great comedy material in there.
0: Spent a lot of time in the Barbie universe, did you?
1: Oh yeah. Every night you you had to check it. I mean, there was there was seriously some good comedy in there. <laughs> not something I would want my daughter to just hop on there and say, What's <laughs> I wanna <laughs> I wanna chat with other Barbie like minded individuals. It was not that. <laughs>
0: i sort of just like use the miiverse to like draw like people pooping on things and stuff and like upload to miiverse when i play a game yep. i i pretty much took it down to like sixth grade level immediately and i never left
1: yeah that's probably kind of funny i'd like to see it was probably most of the kids that drew stuff to act like adults and then the adults were drawing things that looked like they were acting <laughs> like kids <laughs>
0: well there's no way to track it back to you because you're not a real person you're just a friend code so you're completely safe in nintendo's miiverse (laughs) yeah i wonder Um, how many people use (laughs) nintendo consoles used inappropriately like didn't they have like a video chat feature for a while like do you suppose that ever got used as like some sort of like weird solicitation solicitation like ring oh boy like somebody out there had to be doing it right yeah
1: that sounds like a bad bad idea
0: it does, but I have to believe that someone yeah. did
1: this. Obviously, they didn't take the warnings of Uno seriously. <laughs> um, the controller. What do you guys think about that? Like, now I I loved it when it first came out. I thought it was a kind of a cool piece of tech. But when when you put a switch in your hands compared to this thing now, like this, it's like a kid's toy.
0: Yeah, I will say like. As big as and bulky as it was, it was very light and very comfortable in your hand. Um, I never did get used to the two sticks on top. I always thought that was awkward, um, being like a big Xbox 360 person at the time. But yeah, it was good.
2: I think the only time I actually used the Wii U is when I borrowed it from my brother to play Monster Hunter.
0: Mm-hmm. That was fun. And... <laughs> yeah. Well... yeah
2: it... It was, it was something.
0: The battery life made it horrible, though. I mean, you pretty much had to sit next to an outlet to plug that thing in. Or get yourself yep. a Pro Controller. Yeah. Which the Pro Controller was good. Um, again, like the inverted sticks would have helped, but... Or altered sticks and inverted, I guess.
1: So we still have our Wii U hooked up. Um, and it's used mainly for our Netflix, YouTube, all all of the video stuff. And I think that actually is one of its greatest features is because it's like a really nice TV remote in that way. Yeah. If that's the only way that you're going to use it, you know, for those types of services.
0: That's what we use it for, too. I actually use it as a web browser quite a bit if I don't want to fire up my laptop because the web yeah. browser on it's decent. It'll actually play most embedded like web videos um, if you're on a site that's not linked to like a YouTube or something. and um yeah and just like you said it's got the tv remote functionality so you can change the input you can change the channel you can um you know increase the volume turn the tv off it's handy
1: yep uh so that's it. it's kind of funny because uh my switch is not hooked up to the tv but my wii u is so i play my switch on handheld mode while the wii u gets to stay plugged into the tv
0: (laughs) that seems fair
1: I think the big strong suit that uh, the Wii U has is the games. That's probably the only thing it really has going for it, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, the library of physically released games is the smallest of any Nintendo console. I think it's right around that 150 mark now uh, with maybe a couple more games possibly coming out for it. But the the quality of first-party titles... Um, And then a couple not first-party games is just phenomenal on the Wii U, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Like you said, it's a really small library if you are a collector and you're going for full sets. That's probably a pretty easy one. Um, There's a few expensive ones, but overall, it's still not too bad. So if you want every Wii U game, there's uh, some pretty good ones in there. There's some pretty bad ones in there.
0: Yeah, I mean... Some of the strongest titles, but we've got Splatoon launched on that. Um, We've got a Smash Brothers entry, Super Mario Kart 8, which is arguably um, the best in the series. Super Mario World, Super Mario 3D World. Um, We've got remasters of my favorite Zelda game, probably, Wind Waker. Um, We got Pikmin 3, Bayonetta 2, Xenoblade Chronicles X. Uh, I mean, just so many stellar titles i mean there's like a core block of 15 to 20 games that <clears throat> you just shouldn't miss out on as a gamer to help you kind of justify the fact that even though there wasn't a huge library for the system the the ratio of stellar titles is, is phenomenal
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah exactly um there was two really uh there was also two count them two barbie games that came out on this um, the Barbie verse for the first game is going to tell you that that is the best one, but in fact it's not. The Puppy Rescue game is miles above uh, the first game, and don't let anybody on the Barbie verse tell you any different.
0: I just think I need to play both those games and decide for myself. It's the only fair way to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, okay, so as we were talking about this, I looked up uh, top-selling Wii U games, and for whatever reason, uh, a GIF came up in Google with the cover of Pikmin 3, but they renamed the game to Racism is Fine. Like, what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I don't know that that's an official release, everybody, but I um, might want to check it out if you own a Wii U.
1: Right. Is, like, Pepe the Frog from those planets? I don't even know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I. you know, that's the thing with, with the Wii U is... Um, <clears throat> I think, you know, in talking about the marketing we, we discussed here, that was a flop. Nintendo didn't push it well. Um, their biggest problem was they lost all third-party support, uh, but, and they, they slowly built up a great first-party lineup of games. I mean, we're talking, what did they have? Probably one major release a quarter, um, which didn't help the Wii U's case, but it at least gave you like these awesome games to look forward to.
1: Yeah, and if I think, that, I mean... Yeah. When they first launched, when they first announced it they said, Oh, Xenoblade's coming, Bayonetta two's coming. Right. All these big games that were two and a half years later. Yeah.
0: But I can honestly look back in the last five years of gaming and say that some of my greatest gaming memories, like some of the highlights over the last five years, all trace back to the Wii U. Um and that's not I don't think that's a lie by any stretch of the imagination. I mean Bayonetta two is fantastic. Um you know, Mario 3D World, I love what might be one of my favorite games. I played all the time with my kids now. We as a family play, it's, it's excellent. Um, and again, getting to revisit Wind Waker with a fresh coat of paint was awesome. And everybody seems to forget or overlook the fact that the Switch killer app, um, you know, Legends of Zelda Breath of the Wild, I'm sorry if you bought it for the Wii, you bought a Wii U port of a game. And uh, it was made for the Wii U, and it's fantastic. And I've sunk probably close to 200 hours into that game at this point on my Wii U. And it's a fantastic, like, last, you know, quality first-party title to come out for the system. And, you know, enough to justify the system in itself if you weren't a Switch owner um, and you had a Wii U laying around, in my opinion. Yeah, for
1: sure. yep. And they actually brought a lot of new quality titles, too, not just relying on their old stuff. I mean, you could say... Mario Kart and Super Smash Bros. probably the best they've you know, one of the best they've ever been. As long you know, with Mario World too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um but, you know, you have Splatoon, which is kind of a Nintendo mainstay now.
0: Yep. Um and High Warriors I thought was like an interesting mashup, you know, kind of uh, in a great game in itself. Something Nintendo has not frequently done, you know, lend out their characters, especially Zelda, um, to, you know, other studios.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you know Super Mario Maker, I had a ton of fun in that for a good solid month. After that, I was kind of burned out on it.
0: Yeah. I'm the same way and I forget about it a lot. It's a great Yeah, game.
1: and yeah, it's great. I just don't know if like they can do that again. I think that's like one of the few games that might stay on the Wii U to be like, oh, that's the only way you're going to be able to play that. I mean, they yeah. ma- did make a 3DS version, but Well, the thing I don't is that really counts.
0: Thing that sucks with that is Mario Maker is all dependent on user created levels. So, eventually, in the very near future, I assume they're gonna pull online support, and that game is gonna be almost worthless. I mean, sure. in my opinion. Although, I think like what happened with that was like when that game first came out, it was kind of interesting, you got to see these cool levels, and then it just turned Mario into something that wasn't Mario. Like, I, I wanted to play Mario Maker so I could experience like an endless variety of Super Mario levels. And it just became a completely different game. That, and that's where I dropped off. It's like, I, I if I had to endure one more don't-touch-anything level, I was going to throw my Wii U gamepad through the con- TV. <laughs> and that's kind of where I was at with it.
2: Yep. Yeah, and def- definitely uh, there was a lot of those, for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, I haven't
2: played that game, but I've watched some videos where they got to jump, bounce a turtle off a wall, jump off that turtle, catch it. <laughs> another one.
0: Yeah, it's ridiculous. There's some crazy hard ones in there, too. Yeah. yeah, But I think, like, so, and back to Bayonetta 2, I think Bayonetta 2 is an absolute must-play game, and I hope it's a game that we see ported to other places, uh, because it's a game that everyone should get a chance to play. It sucks that um, these games, you know, I don't want them to die on the Wii U. It's nice to see with the Switch that Mario Kart 8 is getting ported over. We're seeing Pokémon Tournament, although... I don't know how much that was, you know, in demand, but I'm hoping that, you know, the legacy it leaves behind in the games library is that these move forward onto other platforms. So people who didn't buy the Wii U, which let's face it, was virtually everybody. Um, it sold what about 13 million units it, it, at the end of its run. Um, you know, not a lot of people got to experience these great titles. So hopefully, if, if you didn't own a Wii U, you can at least get your hands on them in some form in the near future. And one last thing um, in talking about the Wii U game library, I think the big selling point to the original Wii uh, was the fact that it had this fantastic virtual console with Turbo Graphics games, Master System, um, Neo Geo, just all sorts of stuff uh, that just was not available online with the Wii U. And I think that really hurt uh, as well.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree too. I mean, the, the... They just kind of put out the staples, you know, the mainstays. And even a lot of them that they didn't miss, they they didn't even put out. They didn't bother to. Yeah.
0: Yeah, what did they bring Game Boy Advance stuff in, like, about halfway through the life cycle? um, Which everyone was kind of excited about the possibility of that, and then they just really didn't bring that much over to begin with. Yep. So as far as, like, I guess your overall opinion, you know, between the three of us and, like, the legacy that the Wii U is going to be leaving behind, I mean... what are your guys' thoughts? I know for me, like I said, I think the Wii U. It was there was nothing wrong with the hardware itself. It had a branding issue. I think it was just powerful enough of a console for Nintendo. Like you could look at that and say, like this is exactly enough hardware spec uh, for Nintendo to make beautiful games, like something that they're very capable of. But it obviously wasn't powerful enough to bring over uh, third-party interest. They couldn't port games. Across, but I think at the end of the day, for me, the Wii U, I'll still look back uh, and I still play it. I've, you know, I I really like the system. I'm pretty fond of it. I think it's going to be one of those things that people remember and um, will be looking for in like 10 years. Um, What what are your guys' thoughts?
2: I think overall, the system is a pretty good system. Um, Like, for me, there's a handful of games that I really want to play. I just can't justify buying one at this point still because they're still kind of spendy for what how long they've been out i guess
0: yeah well and you wonder if that's ever going to change with how limited run was you know
2: now that they they're basically done with it it's probably just going to raise again in price anyways so i probably ever won't ever own one um like i said there are a few games that i would like to play at some point if given the chance um, so overall, I think the system is a good system. It's just the marketing was so bad when it was first announced and going into probably the first, I don't know, year, I suppose, which is what turned me away from even thinking about buying one. Like, how long is the support going to be there? You don't know because they quit supporting the Wii fairly quickly. But I don't.
0: Yeah, once Activision and EA pulled out, it was kind of... It was kind of like this isn't going to get better, and that, like you said, was early on. You know, after the first year,
1: right? I mean, we only got one Madden out of that whole thing. You know, <laughs> yeah, but that's pretty telling. You no know, one FIFA. You know, like if they're if the if they're not going to put another one on there, it's it's dead to them already. You know. Yep. yep. Um I do think the Wii U kind of got its glory kind of shot in the heart with uh, porting a lot of these over to the Switch now, which I think is kind of not fair to the Wii U. But in the grand scheme of things, it's probably better that there's more access to those games. You know, if people have switches, that they're able to play Mario Kart. And I I have to imagine at some point they're going to put Smash Brothers out. I think that would be really stupid if they didn't. But
0: Yeah, I think that's, I, I would agree. That seems like almost like a good given.
1: I just saw the other day, they, there was a rumor that Bayonetta 1 and 2 are coming out for it. Um, there's been Tokyo Mirage Sessions rumors as well, so I I think you know probably half of the great games that are on the Wii U might end up coming to the Switch itself.
0: Yeah, and I think that kind of at least leaves a you know a, a positive spin on <clears throat> that side of the console. That at least like the the content that came out game wise was good, so it's cool to see it be ported and there be a demand for it. Because I mean, let's face it, even the best selling iterations of Nintendo's franchises in the Wii U were still the worst selling you know, installments overall in those, you know, Mario Kart eight, fastest selling Wii U game on release, worst selling Mario Kart game in the history of Nintendo, just because that install base wasn't there. Right. You know? And
1: and you know, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on the Switch is selling like crazy just because yeah. of the install base. Yeah.
0: Well I think in that first week it sold almost as much as it had sold Altogether together on the, on the Wii U. It was just insane. Wow.
1: Yeah. I will say, uh, the, with the ports to 3DS, not so great. Um, super Mario maker and the yarn Yoshi one. Uh, I don't think those came out all that well,
0: but they added Poochie to the title. How could that not that's be better?
1: True. I guess that's a different game. Sorry.
0: Well, no, I think it is the same game. They just, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how that like came into play. Right. Cause like, what, what did the Poochie element add? More Poochie.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know if you're a play- if you can play as him in that game or not.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting point that you bring up, though. Like, it's kind of strange that they were porting so many games directly over to the 3DS in like a watered down version,
1: right? But it, it had to have been a, you know, like, oh man, we spent so much money on development of right. these games, we have to recover. You know,
0: <laughs> yeah, we made all the assets. Let's like let's just try and make a few bucks on this.
1: Yeah, because it's not going to happen on the Wii U.
0: Before actually, before we jump off on the leg, uh, end this and like wrap up the legacy of the Wii U, um, I Amiibo, as a great as some of the games have been on the Wii U, I will forever curse the Wii U for being the birth of the Amiibo and those cheap little plastic bastards that I am addicted to, like crack. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's so because true. that and is it's, now a staple. Yep, it's gonna keep happening until they, everybody stops buying them. Damn.
0: And you.
1: then probably keep doing more. It was just so disappointing that they don't do more. They couldn't do more with it. I mean, just the limitations of the Wii U itself was, and the Amiibos too as well. Uh, kind of the storage on the Amiibos was kind of limiting. So I don't know. Something along the lines. They just didn't think it through on there and. Uh, a lot most of the impl- implementations of amiibo are pretty half-baked i would say
0: yeah at least they got the marketing right on those
1: well all they had to do is put uh figures of nintendo figures right because that's all it is that's why people buy right. it
0: exactly can't screw that up we'll charge 13 dollars a pop how much do these cost to make oh 15 cents great yeah perfect
1: Or if you overhear that, they go for $50 on eBay. It seems like that drives a lot of sales as well. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, so the Wii U was it really that bad. I don't know. I guess it all depends on the individual. (laughs) But um, it's definitely dead now. Uh, The Switch seems to be um, somehow Nintendo's turn of fate or fortune. I mean, it's it's, uh, grabbing casual gamers and you know generally positive reviews and selling like hotcakes it outsold the ps4 so it <clears throat> seems like the wii is all but forgotten at this point except for back catalogic games that are getting ported over
1: yeah and i mean when you look at what the switch how how it's going about it i mean it had zelda which is huge and there is some you know merit to being a handheld and stuff but i would put the majority of the switch success on marketing and you know that's that really comes down to how the Wii U failed and how the switch succeeded is marketing I think
0: I know if only they had taken the Wii U gamepad, stuck it on a rooftop, and then centered a party around it, I really feel like more people <laughs> would have gravitated to that or you know a street basketball game yep Nintendo should have learned
1: yep I wonder what that marketing agent agency is uh, up to right now the one that because I'm certainly they don't have in their portfolio like yeah, we did the Wii U. Campaign.
0: <laughs> They're homeless. Yeah. <laughs> So now we're going to move on to the segment of the podcast called buy, rent, burn. And this is where each of us present one game. Uh, We each have a pick and we decide which of those three games after giving them a playthrough we would buy, rent, or burn. Uh, This week's selections, uh, Andy has brought Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 Radical Rescue for the Game Boy. Uh, This was a Konami title and it was released in 1993. Justin has gone with Lemmings for the Super Nintendo, published by Sunsoft and released in 1992. And uh, myself, I've gone with Time Slip, Super Nintendo game uh, published by Victo Kai and was released in 1993. Quite the selection this week, guys. Um, Andy, why don't you uh, tell us about your fantastic entry?
1: Sure. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 for the Game Boy is... Kind of a departure from a lot of the other uh, beat-em-ups that the Turtles kind of stayed in. Uh, this is more of a Metroidvania game, um, which was kind of interesting for that time, 93. So, uh, Turtles with a Metroidvania game is is kind of interesting because you still have the beat-em-up. Or not the beat-em-up, but more like uh, character action attacking different guys, but also have a map. And the whole plot of the game is three of the turtles follow a lead to, uh, I think it's save April. Uh, Meanwhile, Michelangelo got left behind and finds out that the other three turtles are trapped. So he has to go out and uh, save the other three turtles. And that's kind of the gimmick in how the Metroidvania works in this game, where once you uh, rescue one of the turtles, Obviously, they have a an ability that gets you somewhere farther on the map that you couldn't get to before. The main reason I picked this game is to troll Ryan, because uh, I wanted him to read TMNT 3 and be excited.
0: <laughs> because the third one is my favorite Turtles game um, on the NES, and I love it. Right,
2: right. This is um, not that
0: game, though. <laughs> not, not even in the slightest. close. Nope. <laughs> no.
1: So it worked, it worked as planned
0: yes i did get immediately excited and then quickly disappointed
1: (laughs) yeah overall i think it's a kind of a cool take on it on on a turtles game i wish they would have done a couple things to maybe make the map traversal a little bit easier and kind of more uh, pointed to where you need to go
0: yeah that just was not clear and that map was not helping you at all
1: right it's it basically you constantly had to check your map and then I constantly kept f- losing my place in the map, kind of like, uh, did I go here? Did I go <clears throat> there? There's no, like, yeah. door markers either. It's just blocks. It looks like Tetris blocks stacked on top of each other.
0: And they repeated the same level design and background elements, so, like, nothing distinguished one corridor from the next or one ladder from another.
1: Yep, exactly. Yeah, I And mean,
0: occasionally you would get a new enemy that would appear only in certain areas, so then you kind of knew. But even then, that wasn't always true i guess
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah i mean this is more my type of game than the actual beat-em-ups were i mean be the the beat-em-ups are fun but they're only fun for 15 minutes for me whereas this i think if i was a kid back in 93 and you know better systems weren't out super metroid wasn't out yet um i probably would have been into this quite a bit i would actually probably put my time into it and learn the map and and actually, you know, memorize that stuff. But nowadays, there, it's kind of like shameful.
0: <laughs> yeah, on no, what I'm they absolutely you. from you. I would have, I probably would have played the hell out of that as a kid, um, and and would have figured it all out. And like, the visuals are good, the the audio is good, the the controls are tight, everything's good about it. It just becomes this horrible like schlog as you're trying to progress and like decipher that map. Which, as a kid with a higher attention span and more time. Um, I think I've become more ADD as I'm an adult. I just, <clears throat> I quickly gave up on it. I didn't even rescue another turtle. I was like, Leo, Donnie, and Raph were just screwed because Michelangelo, <laughs> is not getting there. Um, it just. I mean, he's still uh, getting yeah. his
1: pizza. He's fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did like the life system too, because like you could store pizza. So if you, it was kind of like the fairy bottle in. Legends of Zelda, but instead of a fairy resuscitating you, it was just the box of pizza you found in a yep. sewer, which is nice. Yep. Sewer pizza, magical sewer pizza.
1: Which is funny because it does the opposite for me in real life. But <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the the game had a lot of potential. Like the idea behind it was fun, but the gameplay just I couldn't do it. I I think I went into it expecting it was going to be like the NES version though, and that's. Or it went wrong.
0: <laughs> it's at least better than the earlier Game Boy entries, where you're like it's just like walk right, smash attack button. Like those were so bad in like the gameplay department that this was at least improved upon in every single way, except the fact that the map they gave you to traverse everything was abysmal.
1: Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah and I wish I remembered how Metroid Two does it. If they actually like colored off the map yeah, as I did. you went. It did. It did. Okay. Yep. And I think Metroid 2 had to have been earlier than this.
0: <clears throat> yeah, well and Metroid 2 um does a very good job level design wise of like segmenting up backgrounds, enemies, music changes. So it's like even without the map, it's very easy to tell which section you're in. Sure. Uh, it's a very clear distinction and feel. Uh, but that's something Metroid does well as a whole, I think. Yeah. And yeah, that I think had they done Had they tried to lean on that aspect a little bit more in designing the level, um, it probably would have been fine with the crappy map because you could have sort of pieced it together. I mean, honestly, I felt like even as a kid, this would have been something where I had to like draw something on a sheet of paper. Oh, absolutely. You know, everybody did it. You know, you'd mark stuff down um, and I would have been drawing the map room by room, I guarantee. Yeah. I mean,
1: just the biggest sin, I think, was like not showing which segments are connected to each other. Right. Um, cause th- I would constantly be like, okay, I need to get to the hallway or the block above me in- on the map, but I had no way to know which side of the entrance to that, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and like some of those transitions where like it- I played for about 20 minutes before I realized that like the black spot on the side was a- something I could jump through. Like I didn't know it was a doorway for the longest time. Yeah. It's dumb.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, Justin, tell me about Lemmings. <laughs> well, that's, I guess, puzzle platformer. Um, You know, I used to play it quite a bit on the PC, and I was expecting it to be you know, somewhat similar. Gameplay and stuff is all there, same as PC. It's just you don't have the mouse and the ease, I guess, to select the people that you're going to have do a f- function. But... Overall, I don't know how I feel about this version. <laughs> I'm not going to play it again. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's it's one of those games that I always found was fun playing on PC, just the different levels, and some of the levels actually got to be pretty challenging. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't work well on Super, I guess. Yeah, I feel the same
1: way about how this is a, I think this is still a great PC game. But as soon as you put a game on Super Nintendo where you're moving a cursor around with a D-pad, I think you instantly lose points. Yeah. And and that's just a sacrifice of the console itself. But overall, it's still, I think, a pretty good puzzle game. I think it's pretty one-dimensional, though. Once you figure out the one thing, you uh, pretty much nailed it. Um, And then the other thing is, like, sitting there waiting for it to play out is... (laughs) Something that is...
0: <laughs> Excruciating.
1: Yeah, nowadays, yeah. I don't know how it, how it was back then, but now it it just feels like, okay, I figured... Uh, like, I, I did the puzzle. Why am I being punished,
2: you know?
0: Yeah, why is there no speed up?
2: There is. On the bottom, you can speed up. It's just... Or not speed up, but speed the drop.
0: Yeah, but that still isn't... They still walk slow as shit. They got no yeah. hustle.
2: Like, it, it seems like on PC, like, it sped them up walking, too, but... Maybe it didn't. I don't know.
0: Well, in PC, like, too, you had better graphical fidelity. Like, PC monitors at the time were better than CRTs. Um, And, like, I don't know. I just feel like the game looked a whole lot better on PC. But, yeah, I mean, this is a game that everyone has played at some point in their life, at least our generations. And I really liked it. And I played it all the time on my buddy's PC. He had the game. We would go through it. And I remember liking it and the puzzle solving elements. But, man was going back to this brutal. I mean, it was just a snooze fest. I, I could not stand the waiting around. Like you, you know, Andy was saying, it's just you, you solve the puzzle and then you have to wait for 99 of those blue little shits to walk over to the door. <laughs> and it's just not fun.
2: I did always enjoy, though, when you're not quite sure if they're going to die from the fall. So you just let them go and then it's too late. So you just watch them all die.
1: Yep. I will say I didn't get too far into it this time, but I do remember like playing that sometimes once you get farther in the game, there's a lot going on and you're kind of doing you're juggling a few things at the same time, yeah so there's definitely there's more uh manic gameplay to it, which is fun for a puzzle game,
2: yeah, I would assume that it would get extremely challenging though further on like i I think I did maybe five levels or so on this. I just couldn't do any more on this version. But once it got further along, I would assume that it would be very chaotic because you're trying to move the cursor and down and select. Well, I suppose you could arrow one.
0: I'm assuming it would be pretty much impossible. I mean, it wouldn't. It'd be a real chore with those slow controls on the Super Nintendo and a mouse. I can't imagine it'd be fun. Yeah,
2: I had had so much trouble trying to get the front one when you had to stop them. Oh yeah, they ever they got near like you could pick it out on pc where you could still get the front one even though if they're like right next to each other now yeah, this one no i always let a handful go by before the stop guy would show up i don't know right the pixel fidelity
1: just wasn't there yeah yeah,
0: yeah. but at least it gave you the option to nuke them all which made be. <laughs> right. happy exploding lemmings probably the only redeeming quality of this port
1: did you know they made a psp game of Lemmings. Seriously? Yeah, they made them that late. I'm not sure if it's the same exact gameplay, but... Well, they got a Lemmings too, I think, for Super as well. Yep, yep, they do. Really? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I think That's it's pretty ridiculous. expensive, if I remember right, too.
0: I'm going to check. I'm curious now. <clears throat> well, in Lemmings, it was one of those games that it was literally ported to everything back in the day. I think the only game that might have gotten ported to more systems was Zoop. <laughs> Which was another puzzle game, but it was awful. I only own three copies of that one, though. Only three. Yep, just three. <laughs> so yeah, Lemmings okay. Two is twenty like a, bucks. It's not twenty too bad. Yeah, completed seventy five though. That's well, although that's five sales a year, but I don't know. Probably not worth it. And it is worth pointing out that this, I think, Lemmings did work with the Super Nintendo Mario Paint mouse, right?
1: Oh yeah, I sure hope so.
0: <laughs> yeah which I yeah, was I'm not sure to if it test, does, but
1: yeah, that's a yeah, I, I think that's it did good thing to point out,
0: which is interesting. It probably doesn't make the game any better. It probably makes it worse. If I had to guess, but
1: yeah, it's a thing. Knows. I don't know. I think, I mean, that cursor is the one thing that holds that game back the most for sure. Absolutely. Just, you know, that they couldn't figure out a way to do that, you know, in a more natural way.
0: It's funny that they didn't just, you know, given that platformers were so popular at that time it's funny they didn't just turn it in like a really crappy like platforming game like where you just controlled all lemming you know it would have been an easy like cash grab kids would have bought it
1: yeah that's true
0: could have been a mascot mascot type game instead of you know the game that it was on pc yep
1: yeah, we could have had lemming's mania now
0: i like the sound of that <laughs> hopefully somebody's listening to this and they figure out a way to hack and do a sprite swap
1: I'm going to go on the record that lemmings and hedgehogs should stay separate. So,
0: <laughs> aren't they like virtually the same animal in real life? We're pretty damn close. I don't know. It's funny. So, we'll talk about time slip a little bit. My, my pick, um, time slip. I, I I think fairly accurately. I've always just kind of called since I've played it. Uh, I call it the poor man's contra which I think is exactly the game that it's trying to be, gameplay-wise. Um, <clears throat> it's got worse graphics, uh, worse controls, but as far as gameplay goes, it's a lot of the same like move-forward-and-shoot that you'd see in a Contra game. I don't think the art style is very good. I think it's kind of more cartoony, and it does... It doesn't have like the clearest power up system like i don't I don't know what you guys thought about that, but it's just kind of weird that you'll like randomly progress through a level, and for some reason there's four crates dropped in a row that you just like lay down and shoot and all of a sudden you've got all these weapon power ups there's like no excitement to it like that was like the best part of contra was like juggling the power up or like shooting an enemy and getting that shotgun you have been waiting for,
1: especially when it's like floating in the air too, you know
0: right, yeah, yeah, exactly, but in time slip, they're like, nope. Clear the screen, lay on your belly prone, yeah. and just hold the trigger. Like, super exciting.
2: And then get attacked anyways.
0: Right. Well, and that's the, yeah, it's got horrendous, like, enemy spawning. Like, stuff just keeps spawning and spawning. <laughs> and the best part is, like, that opening sequence is all just very... You're attacking people, you know? It's, it's like a military action platformer shooter kind of and then you progress into the second stage and all of a sudden like you're in the pits of hell and there's like headless freaks attacking you and floating skulls it just makes no sense there's no continuity to that game at all and then like we ta- like we had touched on um before the podcast was um just the art style altogether is just bonkers like there's a power up you get on the second stage that's a shield but the way they blended that into the game is awful it's just literally a bright, like fluorescent-colored, solid triangle that like floats behind your character, and it's got to be like one of the most jarring things I've ever seen in a game. It's just you have to see it to really appreciate how bad that is and out of place um, as a as a power up in that game.
2: And when it explodes, too, it just like shatters and goes everywhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah And then I think like when you reach that second boss, too, it's just like they clearly. Tried to copy the the formula for Contra, where it's just like one big room with like a boss, like attacking at you from the background, and I mean it is a blatant rip off, um, and just not that great.
1: I can't say I really enjoyed this game all that much. Um, <laughs> the The spawning of the enemies really killed it for me. Where I could get the kind of the gist that they were going for Contra, but Contra is a lot of like run, stop, shoot quickly where this was run stop and shoot for you know 10 seconds straight move 5 steps and then shoot down five more guys that are spawning right in front of you mm. uh that was really egregious for <laughs> the amount of enemies that they were spawning there um and yeah the the bullets were kind of cool where you could kind of earn the it seemed like you were earning the spread shot through levels i, I never really did quite figure that out how you gain those levels Was do you know if it was like a pickup that you were getting?
0: Yeah, I think it was that pickup where it's, it looks like a giant like D battery. I think that's the one that increases your rate of fire. Okay. Upgrades it.
1: Sure. Sure. Um, the bosses took at least the first boss and the second boss. They took a lot of bullets. Uh, the game is kind of, uh, spongy that way for bullets. Um, and the art style. Yeah. That's a, that's a, Weird thing that they had going on there, where like you're basically on those that first level, and then like you said, you're you're just in this cave.
2: It's weird.
0: Yeah, it's completely like out of nowhere almost. Yeah. When
2: you're on the bosses too, and like if you do die on the boss, you come back and you don't have any of the power ups, and it just takes so much longer than two on the boss because. You can't do nearly the the fire rate or the the spread on the shot. Yeah, it's just brutal.
0: Does it, like did you guys notice? Like I couldn't figure it out like where it was listed. But does it have a health bar for your character? Like I never knew when I was gonna die and when I wasn't.
1: You know what was that blue bar on the top? I don't know if that was your health or not. I'm
0: wasn't right there one that. on the right side? was like with the blocks. Yeah. So the block, okay, because I, like, the each only hit. time I ever paid attention to it was, like, when I was fighting um, bosses, and it went down, so I just assumed it was, like, their health meter, but sure. must must have been mine.
2: I think it's each, each hit took one of those boxes. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what that blue bar was, though.
0: I think that might have been rate of fire, like, how powered up you were. That could be. With that. But well, if you I've have to, it. like, try and figure that out after playing the game, it's probably a problem.
2: Yeah, I seen it move, but I didn't know what made it move. Like while I was playing.
0: Yeah, or you're probably distracted by like the endless onslaught of like random hordes (laughs) of enemies charging at you.
2: Well, it's kind of nice because you can just stand there and hold the button. You don't have to pay attention because you're hitting them. Yeah. So you just you know. Oh yeah, because everything's like
0: auto, like turbo fire. I mean, there's no, yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: That part's kind of cool. I do like that where you're just like spitting bullets out like crazy. I just wish the enemies didn't spit out at the same rate as well.
0: Right. So I think it's probably time to do our picks. Um, I I will say before we even get into picks that this is the first iteration of Byron Burn where I genuinely dislike every single game that we've... There's not a redeeming quality that I would latch on to for any of these. But um, yeah, Andy, why don't we start back with you and, and get your... Your selection in here
1: yeah i'm I, it's the first one where i'm trying to decide which one of these is worthy enough the most to burn because <laughs> they all kind of are
2: because
1: um, if
0: given the choice you'd burn them all
1: <laughs> right uh, against competition of some of our other games i think these were definitely in the last place on a lot of them um mm-hmm. for my buy i'm gonna do teenage mutant ninja turtles 3 the one game that i brought uh just because i think the idea is really cool and in 93 i'm surprised that they actually sat down and said what if we did you know a metroid game um instead of just constantly putting out the same beat-em-up game that they had been doing to wild success so i applaud them to kind of trying something different i i kind of wonder if this is a different game that they just put different sprites in i don't know but um yeah, I I think if I was younger and there wasn't more advanced stuff, I would have really enjoyed this game. Uh it definitely is my type of game, but it just doesn't have the same type of features that are kind of expected nowadays, so uh there is some downside to it. Um uh for my rent, I'm going to pick Lemmings because That's I do <laughs> I do like Lemmings the game itself uh it's just hindered uh on the super nintendo with the mouse like we talked or lack of mouse like we talked about uh and my burn is going to be time slip i just did not enjoy that game (laughs) uh i could definitely see it's 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 got the contra wannabe for sure it i just don't see the uh the the depth to it as far as uh just constantly shooting bullets to the point of just standing there and not doing anything really. So for being a wild actual action game like con- trying to be like Contra, I thought there was a lot of lack of uh, action in it actually. So that's going to be my burn.
0: Lack of action in it actually. I like that. Yeah. Should be our podcast catchphrase. <laughs> ah. All right, not not a bad order. How about you, Justin?
2: Well. With some of the games that we've had in the past, having to go with these three is just brutal.
0: Yeah, we all universally picked equally crap games. Like, it's kind of amazing.
2: Like, we've had weeks where they could have all been possibly bought. (laughs) And then we get to this. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I'm going to have to go... My buy is going to be the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I am terrible at it, but I think it's got the most um, potential, I guess, to be enjoyable. <laughs> it's got a decent story behind it and stuff, and just the gameplay is just bad. <laughs> I don't know. Um But that's going to be my buy. Um I am going to go for my rent will be Lemmings. Um, The controls are rough (laughs) on the Super, but the gameplay is still there. Um, And just because of what that game is, I guess that's going to be my rent. Um, Yeah, time slip will be my burn. Um, I'm not good at this game either. This is probably the game that I've spent the most time playing, and I am not good at it um, as far as when you get to the stages where you have to, like, climb the wall and dodge those archers or whatever, and the cannons and stuff. But, yeah, that's going to be my burn. I'm not a fan of that one.
0: Those are both jerks.
2: I can hear <laughs> your heart breaking.
0: Well, mostly just from Justin because he's torched my Biohazard battle and now my Time Slip. Not that they're <laughs> a fair comparison. but <clears throat> These are all bad games though, so I, it's like, where, where do you list them? So, um, my list, I would I would buy Time Slip. Um, I've progressed further in it in the past than I have um, for this iteration. I actually liked it a lot more. Uh, when I played it initially a couple of years ago when I bought it for the first time, or picked up the cart. Um, it reminds me a lot of another game that people say is an awful game, which is that... I, I don't even know the name of it, but there's a second um, Jurassic Park game that was produced by Ocean on the Super Nintendo that everybody says is just terrible. But it plays a whole lot like this game, and I used to play the hell out of that, and I actually really like it. Um, so I think like I could sit down and even though it's a terrible game, like find myself pushing to progress further through it. So I'm going to go with time slip for my buy. Um, I would rent TMNT 3, the Radical Rescue, um, just because I think like the gameplay mechanics themselves are solid enough. I mean, it's enjoyable. It's just the maze of like trying to navigate the those levels was brutal and uh, kind of drugged down the game and ultimately led to me Putting it down, but it might be something I'd pick up from time to time. And um, I w- would just burn every single little lemming. Um, I don't have the patience to sit there and waste my time watching them just mosey on through those levels. Like that was just agonizing. I just, no way. Like it, it, I was so excited that lemmings was picked for this because I used to just love lemmings, but I was a stupid kid. Because I sat there and waited hours watching these blue little shits just take their sweet-ass time getting to the end of those levels so I could move on. I just, no way. Like, torch it. Torch them all if I could, but I'm burning lemmings.
2: You can self-destruct them.
0: Yeah. that Yeah. that The one highlight, I can murder them all on with a genocide button. It's good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> to be fair, if we could, I would burn them all.
0: Yeah, I would too.
2: I think I'm there with you too. Yeah.
0: <sighs> what a lot of crap for Byron Burn.
2: <laughs> I really wanted to give Time Slip a, a fair shot because like, I, I started playing it and immediately I was like, I don't like this. And is that it was two like player? Five minutes in. I don't know. I, like, I feel like if it was, was two know.
0: player, it could be like somewhat okay, but I don't know that it is. I've never played it in my
2: But yeah, like I seriously gave that probably an hour and 20
0: minutes playing that game.
2: And I did not get very far.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I did died three before. or four attempts. I never progressed past the second boss this time. I, I have gotten a lot further in the past.
1: Yeah, it was the I was same way I died at the second boss. I, I pumped about a million bullets into him and he still wasn't going down. So burned all my lives on him. Which is crazy. I think you get like eight or nine lives at the beginning or something, right? It's crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is funny because the game knew like, yeah, yeah you're going to take because th- they force you to take damage, you know? So it's like, yeah, you're going to die a lot. So we're just going to start you off with like eight lives instead of the normal two or three.
1: <laughs> yep. Well, okay. Um, If you want to tell us that we're wrong and that time slip is the greatest one and uh, help Ryan here, you can. Uh,
0: Please help we need your votes save time slip
1: <laughs> yeah but you like you like teenage mutant ninja turtles quite a bit as a kid more than you did time slip right i mean
0: yeah i don't think anyone knew what time slip was as a i'm kid.
1: gonna i'm gonna edit in where you said you love tmnt3 right here
0: <laughs> on loop <laughs>
1: yeah um but you can make your vote uh heard on your buy rent burn at weekendpodcast.com And uh, there'll be three games there. You pick your list, send your comments, and we'll read them off next time.
0: And I think that concludes episode five for the Weekend Rental Podcast. Justin, take us out.
2: All right. So like Andy said, uh, we got the website. Uh, It would be weekendpodcast.com. We got email. You can feel free to email us. It's uh, weekendrentalpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, You can find us on Facebook. Uh, It's Weekend Rental Podcast there. Just search it and go ahead and follow us or like us. Um, Twitter, it's going to be at Weekend Rental PC. Um, And then also we're on iTunes, Google Play, and
0: Stitcher. And as always, be kind, rewind. Upgraded.